You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. My sermon today is Everyday Fate in Troubled Times, Troublesome Times. I, uh, I had second part of the last uh, the right, Wisdom, Righteousness, and Power, set part two of what I didn't finish the last time I preached, uh, but uh, because of the virus scare and everything, I thought, hey, listen, I think I need to bring a, a message of a bit of encouragement to the people. And uh, so, here we go. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen. Amen. You know, there's a lot of hype going on about this virus. There's a lot of misinformation. Uh, The media is playing it way out of proportion. And yet, there is that sense that it could be bad. And we need to be prepared, do everything we can to prevent it in our own lives and in the lives of our friends and our neighbors. And so practicing good sanitation <coughs> is probably one of the best things, and you don't do this. <laughs> if that's what Effie was giving me the frown about, and I didn't, I didn't know. She said, you coughed in your hand and you whipped your nose. So, <laughs> well, what can I say? <laughs> it's just me, eh? <clears throat> well, this verse gives us a very basic principle of faith. Fear is a spirit, and it's not sent from God. And so if it don't from God, it's only not come from, not from God, it's only one place it can come from, right? From Satan, from the devil. Fear is used by the enemy to paralyze and immobilize and render our faith useless. You can't be in fear and be in faith. It doesn't work that way. You've got to believe the word and stand on the word or sit at home and tremble. Terror, terror, evil reports, all negative words develop fear. Fear will break you down physically, mentally, and spiritually. The enemy wants to destroy us as many, as many Christians as possible. Anyone who will give in to fear, anyone who will listen to an evil report or a bad report, puts themselves in a position to be fearful. Through fear, the enemy can render us ineffective. The devil chooses such times as this to do his dirty work. 
Job was a great man of God. He was blameless, the Bible says, upright, and he feared God and shunned evil. However, when trials came upon him, he made a very interesting statement. Verse Job chapter 3, verse 25, when everything started falling down around him, he said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and I dreaded what has happened to me. Do not respond to the spirit of fear. When you hear words of terror and disaster, don't be afraid. Trust in the Lord. Stand on the word of God. In Psalm 91, verse 7, the psalmist said, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Do you have faith to stand upon that promise, or will you listen to someone who analyzes everything out of, out of whack and would try to tell you, well, that was meant for way back there in the Old Testament. You can't stand on that one today. Oh, yes, you can. The Bible is the Bible. Old Testament and New Testament alike. One word from God can change your life. Don't listen to the unbelieving influences around you whether it come from saint or sinner. And they can come from both. It only brings doubt and fear to your heart and to your mind. When you become fearful, you disconnect from your faith. You cut yourself off from God's promises. You can't believe for a promise that is made by God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, the promises that he put in his word to help you and to strengthen you and to encourage you. And because you're fearful, you cannot believe for those promises that God's word says are yes and amen to those who believe. Believers must be fearless and, and learn to make the word of God their final authority. So, number one, consider the day that we're living in. We need to discern the times. Consider the day that we're living in. We're living in an age where Bible prophecy is being played out on a daily basis. Violence and terrorism are rampant. And there's no safe place anymore. I mean, anyone who goes on the, on the, uh, the uh, what is a neighborhood watch, I am astounded at how much crime is going on in our city. And 
Everything is not reported there. We've got members in our church that had their trucks stolen last week. And if you, if you mind to let these sort of things get at you, you can become fearful. We see it daily in the news. Threats of terrorism, war, and natural disasters. Threats of financial ruin, massive fires, floods, storms, earthquakes. It's happening all the time, and it's, and, and it's so common now that we just, oh yeah. Unless it happens in Coal Lake, we don't even care about it. A myriad of sickness and disease, fear of that everywhere. This is exactly how Jesus described the world in end times. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, 9, when you hear of wars and commotions, don't, don't, be, don't be terrified, for these things must come to pass. But the end will not come immediately. And he goes on. Verse 10 and 11. He says, Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places. And famines. And pestilence. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from the heavens. Now that word pestilence is plagues, viruses, and pandemics. Jesus said that these things will happen. And so it's happening right now. So everything is going as Jesus said it would happen. There's no reason to fear. CNN and Fox and CBC and all of the others are broadcasting the signs 24-7. It's time for Christians to wake up. Get some oil in our lamps. Seek a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And stop focusing on the negative and begin to be positive in faith in this world in which we're living. We've been walking in the flesh too long. And if you find yourself getting in the flesh, you'll find yourself worrying yourself sick. That's not to say that things are not happening. It's just as I read there, Jesus said, this is what's happening. And he said in, in, in verse 20, 28, 21, Luke 21, 28, Now when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws nigh. He's coming soon. We're close to home. Might not be in my lifetime but maybe it will. 
Let's get back to being people of the word. Men and women of the Bible. Because that is where you and I will get faith to believe for the impossible. Let's stop ignoring the signs. It's happening just as Jesus said. Old Testament prophecies are unfolding as never before. We are living out the book of Revelation in living color. And so Christians don't need to be in faith, don't be in fear, but be in faith. As we said in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's what God has given us. And so we can face any news broadcast without falling to pieces. There are some things that have happened over the last week and the last few weeks. People are going through. And the only way they can get through it and their families can get through it is having faith in God. Otherwise, you just fall to pieces. Colleen had a stroke. And she's going through her process right now of, uh, of, of therapy. It looks like she'll be finished with that in April, is it? In April. But we know that just because Colleen had the stroke and we had to pray for her, for her healing, we still had to pray for Tom for strength and courage. Because it's not easy for anyone when you've got a loved one going through something that is terrible. Our good friends, Lynn and Sharon Berger, they're... Their oldest daughter is in hospital. She's about 20, what, 5, 26 years old in hospital. And probably, unless God takes control here, she's not going to live. Very, very serious. And they're declaring their faith in God that she will live and not die. Do you know something? The Lord chooses to take her home and she dies. Their faith is not going to waver one little bit. I know them. Then Terry's sister, Courtney, had that terrible accident here in town. And it's hard. It's hard on the families. It's hard on the loved ones when these things happen. And we pray for those that are sick and that have accidents. And we pray for those who are going through it with them. We don't give up. We've seen too many miracles. We've seen too many healings. Not to pray. We have too many promises from God's word not to believe. 
Secondly, consider what God has given us to combat every fear. Just think. Fear is Satan's source of power, just as faith is God's source of power. Why can fear have such a hold on people? Why can fear have such a hold on people? Fear causes us to waver in our faith. When we waver, we doubt. It allows doubt to come in. Is this true or isn't it? Can I believe this or can't I? Maybe God's word is really not God's word. Maybe a bunch of men got together and made all of this up. And my faith is in vain. To doubt is to be double-minded. And you know what James says about double-mindedness. Let not that person think that he will receive anything from God. You're like the waves of the sea. You're being tossed to and fro. You can't believe nothing. You're not settled. You're not calm. Fear comes directly from Satan. Satan's objective is to get you and I to doubt that God's word will come to pass. Satan uses worry and feelings of insecurity to gain entrance into our lives. Believers must address the unbelief issue. Oh, just because I say I believe doesn't mean that Satan will try to convince me. There are reasons I shouldn't believe. We can never experience a great harvest if we're walking on belief. You look at Coal Lake. We are saying it would be nice if we could get 10% of Coal Lake in the church. But if we doubt that, if we doubt that there's anyone in Coal Lake that would listen to the message that we have to give, and we're defeated before we start. We have a message of good news for our friends and for our neighbors. God has got ways, got ways of making a way where there seems to be no way. The promises of God only come to pass by faith. If Satan can use you, get you to fear, you will operate in unbelief. Once you stop believing the word of God, you look for the religious or scientific excuses as to why it didn't work. 
We pray for people all the time. And God has other plans. We can't command God. We can ask Him. Prayer is making our petition before Him. And God will answer. We need to have a respect for who He is. He is sovereign. And God has a timing. And no one that is wise would ever desire to have something from God a day earlier or a day later than he has time to give it. Doubt causes us to take a second thought about what God has said. Peter, Jesus told Peter to come and walk on the water. Peter began to walk on the water. When he looked around at the wind and the waves, he began to sink. As soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, and got back into the natural realm. I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to be able to do. And he had to cry out, Lord, help me, as he was sinking down into the waves. Jesus reached out his hand and took him, and they both walked back into the boat. What Peter saw caused him to second guess and doubt what Jesus said. Faith comes when the word from the word, but it is short-lived when you take your eyes off Jesus. Now let me illustrate it this way. We can quote all of the scriptures, all of the promises. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. But if I take my eyes off Jesus, if that verse now has just become something that I have remembered, I memorized it, but I'm not walking with the Lord, I have no relationship with Him anymore. It's not going to work. When you allow circumstances to change your mind and doubt God's word, you will find that the word will not work for you. Don't allow bills, checkbook balances, negative words, or what you see or hear or feel to steal your faith. Keep on believing even when everything says it's not going to happen.
You know, being a Christian don't make us immune to the things of the, that's happening in the world. There'll be lots of Christians that will get this virus. But remember what Jesus said. When you walk through the waters, the floods, it will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. He says, I'll go with you. I'll be with you in the water, in the flood. In the trial that you're going through. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Can you believe that? Those who believe this are the people who come out on top. They are the victorious ones. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5 Verses 22, 23, and 35 says, For she said, If I may touch his clothes, I can be made whole. Verse 28, 29, Straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. There are many people who have just in faith reached out and touched Jesus. How do you do that? Sometimes it's when the word is being preached and you believe it and you get up from your seat and you come and you say, I want you to pray that I will be healed and I would just pray a little prayer or somebody that's praying for you and the deed is done. Immediately you know within your knower that you're healed. The blind man, Mark 10, 47, 48. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. He would not be denied. And Jesus made him whole. Read the whole story. We need to learn to recognize the channels that Satan uses to change our faith to fear, dismiss the doubt, and continue to believe, regardless of what you hear or see. And thirdly, consider the promises of God. In all that you're going through, in all that we're facing, in all of the potential that we have concerning this virus, consider the promises of God. There's no need to fall to pieces. 
You must believe the word. If you doubt the word, you don't receive what you pray for. Mark 11, 23, 24. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. For therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Can you believe that? Would you be afraid to say that in public? I have said before and I'll say it again. If it was necessary to re remove an actual mountain, I'd stand on that verse. If I was in a place where there are no ground removal machines and all I had was a pick and shovel, and it was going to take me years to get that mountain out of the way, I'd ask God to move it. And I'd believe it. And I'd speak to that mountain. Why not? God said it. God said that we could do it. So what about the mountains in your life? Maybe you're facing big bills. Maybe you've got some very serious medical condition. Doesn't matter what it is. Maybe your marriage is just about to crumble. Our God is an awesome God. He's made promises that are yes and amen to you and I. We just have to believe them. If you, if you share your problem with somebody else and tell them that you're trusting God and, and God has given you a, this, this verse and you're standing on this verse and they laugh at you, be good to them, be kind to them, but avoid them like the plague. Find someone that will say, yes, amen. I believe that too, sister. I believe that too, brother. I'm going to stand with you, and I'm going to believe with you because all things are possible to those who believe. And if two or three that are gathered in my name will humble themselves and pray and seek, their, seek my face, they will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Oh. When we learn to lean on Christ, he will supply our every need. So what do you believe? Do you believe that God's word is truth? Then let's meditate on his word. Joshua 1.8 this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. 
that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The true faith is founded upon the word of God. It's not a quote from what somebody else said. It's directly, word for word, how God said it, how God gave men of old to put it in the, in the Bible. And you stand on it and you believe it. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Okay? We have much more to base our faith upon than what Joshua had. Now listen, if you just, if you just stood upon what Joshua stood upon from the Old Testament, the scriptures that he had at that time, and mostly what he's basing his faith upon is what God spoke into the heart of Moses, and he learned from Moses. Well, we have the whole New Testament along with the Old Testament. We are without excuse. Believers has been, have been given everything. Everything that we ever needed. We come up with all kinds of programs. We want all kinds of speakers to speak to us. But God is speaking to us. If you never got outside of your house... If all you could do was just sit in your bedroom and read your Bible over and over and over and over again, you've got everything that anyone could ever preach to you. The best evangelist that ever preached in the world. The best man that could heal with the power of God. You could never get more than you could get from God's Word. You've got everything you need. The evil report brought fear and unbelief and robbed the people of the promise. In report that doesn't line up with God's word is an evil report. You remember Caleb. Numbers chapter 13. Verses 30-33. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess the land. For we are well able to overcome it. There's a man of faith. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers, in our own sight, 
And so we were, were in theirs. And the people believed this report. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that said, we can do it. Oh, yes. No problem. We've got it. And guess what? God said, the land is yours. Go and possess it. They had it in the bank. All they had to do was go across that Jordan and have victory after victory after victory. Because God said, but they wouldn't believe. They believed some unbelievers. Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we can do it. God said it. I know we can do it. Look what we did back there. On this side of the Jordan. We've already conquered territory. Let's go. Evil report brought fear and unbelief and robbed them of the promise. And Numbers chapter 14 verse 1 says, All the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. How silly! When God says, Hey, this is your promised land. This is yours. Go and take it. And they can't believe. Just because some unbelievers say it can't be done. And they go and cry. What are you going to do when the enemy attacks you? When the enemy attacks your children? When the enemy attacks your finances or your health, are you going to go into a pity party and cry out, why me, Lord, why me? Our God is bigger than that. He's not going to say anything else. He's already said in his word. If you can believe, all things are possible to you. Some of you will stand on the word of God, and I hope I'm one of them. We may get this, get this I call it Kenora virus. <laughs> and uh, we may do a little sneezing, a little coughing, a little runny nose. Have it and never know we had it. Everybody is looking at the big thing. The babies and old guys like me with 101 different 
ailments are the ones that are in danger of dying. I'm not going to die. Not tomorrow either. God didn't heal me from that heart attack to take me out with a, with a little virus. No way. So don't let what you see or hear cause you to doubt. It will prevent you from receiving the promises of God. You will find yourself living in lack in the land of plenty. God's got some great things planned for you. Don't miss out on it. That's not the inheritance of king's kids. It's time to get fed up with not having enough. Is there lack in your life? Financial, emotional, physical, spiritual? Can you believe that God will meet that need right now? I believe he can. He can believe that, meet that need so that you can give more, share more, and do more for the kingdom. We're not supposed to cower in a time of stress and, and, and you know, and potential hardship. He wants us to bless, to be blessed, so that he can be a blessing. We can be a blessing to others. He wants to bless us during this time so that we can reach out to others. He wants to give of himself to you and I to heal to you and I to disciple through you and I, to speak to others through you and I. God has peace for you rather than turmoil. No born-again believer should ever put your head on the pillow and not be able to go asleep because you're thinking about the problems that you're facing. We all should be able, I'm, I, this is a big thing, you know, like, I'm not saying that I'm good at this, but we all should be able to take it to God, then go to sleep. Rest in Him. That, that, that tests my faith, that tests your faith. When I can say, Lord, this is bigger than me, I don't know what to do. I just want to leave it to you. I'm believing that you're going to take care of it. And now it's your problem. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? You see, when we're in fear, we're believing that something bad or evil is going to happen. Oh yeah, we believe it's going to happen. We don't know when. When? And that's what gets us. 
It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. And it drives us crazy. In faith, we're believing that God will do something good for us. Amen? All things work together for good to those who love God. Those that are the call according to his purpose. So I encourage you today, <clears throat> follow the instructions of God's word. Go on the podcast, listen to the message again, get it down to your heart, and encourage your friends and your family and others to get on the website. Listen to those podcasts. <clears throat> They're still there. Many of the messages that we've preached for a long, long time. If it should be that we cannot meet after a while because of the, the, what the authorities say, uh, then so be it. But we've got our website and we've got a lot of stuff there that we can uh, have food for our souls while we're, while we're going through this. So Philippians, this is my last scripture, <clears throat> Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything, telling God what you need, and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. One version says, the peace of God that passes all understanding, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Amen? I pray that that will be an encouragement to your heart today. Go with God. Believe him for the best. Believe him for yourself, for your family, for your neighbors. May the Lord richly bless you, in Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.